0: Amiga and Atari go to war. Again.
1: High resolution color graphics. This land of high technology. The revolution in technology that made the information age possible. Those
2: kids are not afraid of computers. Childish squabbling. Death order goes forth.
0: And get your old games back. All there's some more coming up on today's show. Up-to-date news for out-of-date tech. Hello, chaps. I think we're all still kind of riding high off of the excitement and happiness of last week's show with Clint. It was so good to have him on the
2: show, wasn't it? That was very yeah. good fun. Yeah. yeah. And um, so fun. thanks to all the comments. There is no, as far as I know, relation between me and Clint, even though he does look like my <laughs> my brother or, as what? some of you were, less kindly saying my son. I had not made the connection <laughs>
0: until, I, until I saw the comments. I was like, oh, actually, they're right. You do look a bit like Clint. <laughs> Clint's brother I'll be kind Clint's brother yeah yeah there we go um Clint's brother Clint it's only dad. a matter of time before the hair goes Clint if it's in, if you've got dave's DNA sorry <laughs> sorry brother <laughs> um but yeah I've, I've had a busy week but let's go to you Chris because I believe you've retrorighted a thing this week.
1: I retro brighted. Actually, I vapor brighted. a thing is, is it you know, something that can be method. shown on camera? <laughs> oh yes, it is. It's it's the A1200. It's actually oh. been sitting there, having been vapor brighted for quite a while. But it was under cover because I hadn't yet done a video about it. So right. yeah, I can reveal it to the world. But yeah, just vapor brighted over three days. Um, so one day for the the bottom half of the case because I couldn't fit everything in the chamber at once, right? So another day for the top half of the case and then uh, another day for the key. So I even, because most people I've seen doing ba- vapor briding, they'll still do full submersion for the keys. So I just right. tried vapor briding the keys as well. So obviously disassemble the keyboard fully and just put them on uh, like a plastic lid and then put that inside the chamber on top of, you know, the other box that I was yeah. using to keep it out of the liquid. And I'm happy with it. You know, the idea was just to sort of give it a refresh, um, and and that's, that's good on camera, official, yeah. Yeah, I know you had some case.
0: Considering <laughs> yeah. an I know you were talking Oof. on Discord. You had some problem getting your before and after shots, and trying to get the lighting consistent so you could show a true yeah. before and after, which is always tricky, isn't it?
1: Yeah, full disclosure on that. I mean, at the end of the day, it is hard to do, especially when you're just filming with your phone. And I do, you know, I've got blackout curtains, but they don't black everything out, and so just a difference in time of day makes a difference to the end result. And your phone, especially if you've got a cheap Nokia. Getting the same coloration is so hard. So, yeah, there was a bit of post-production. What I tried to do in that was make sure the background color was consistent so that I was truly mm. representing the changing color on the Amiga itself. So it's it's a bit of a fine
2: art. Sure, yeah. sure. And Dave, how about your week? Should we talk about KVMs? No, we should not talk about <laughs> KVMs. I hate KVMs. I don't want to talk about them. They're going to continue to be a problem until I solve oh no not talking about kvms no no okay well for for anyone who hasn't been following the show dave has
0: five retro pcs he's trying to hook up through a kvm and uh, i think you're on your like third kvm now are you
2: i'm on my third kvm and yeah. i have now ordered uh an edid emulator which hopefully will fix the problem i ordered 10 foot long kvm cables which turned out to be six foot long <sighs> Yeah. Right.
0: Even back in the day when I was using servers with PS2 ports, um, KVMs were always, you know, you had to be very picky with them. I found that if you tried to cut costs on a KVM, you'd get all kinds of problems. So it was just worth throwing money at a decent brand and a decent one. But these were on servers which were designed to, you know, expected to be used in racks with KVMs. So yeah. you're probably yeah. running into all kinds of other problems with desktop
2: PCs as well. The In short, to the PC's, the, the the KVM is not sending out a signal when you're on the right channel for a monitor, mm. so none of the PCs see a monitor t- uh, attached. Two of them say, default to a monochrome monitor, which doesn't suit, and one of them um, the behavior for that if it doesn't see a monitor as well let's shut this port off so i need to somehow get a message to the computers okay. yeah there's a monitor connected which is what the edid emulator is it goes in line and it sends a signal back saying i'm a 1024 by 768 uh, color monitor okay right. so very
0: interesting a, a slightly unhappy <laughs> dave a pretty happy Chris, although um, you know Chris has got the cheat code for retro writing. He lives in Australia, so it's, it's so serious. true. The
1: temperatures, were, it's you are you're fighting. You know, temperatures are too hot. You are sort of paranoid that you are going to come back
0: to a melted yeah. case. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I had a pretty hectic week, which culminated in a fifteen-hour day on the Wednesday, which was oh, awful. up at six editing, filming through to try and get my video finished, and then as people saw me crying on Discord about. I managed to lose the memory card after a day of filming, performed a fingertip search of the cave. Didn't find it. Did it again the next morning. Didn't find it. The, the memory card is nowhere to be seen. So we're putting that down to Janet, the ghost of the mill.
2: <sighs>
0: I don't know what's it's going to show up.
2: I, I, the memory oh, yeah. card will at some point appear and, it's going to appear somewhere obvious as well. And you'll be, you'll be angry at yourself for that. You'll be angry for losing it, angry for wasting time not finding it, and then angry when you do find it. Well,
0: I've got this half-term talk for uh, for kids on Wednesday. So I think one of the challenges, one of the interactive pieces of the day is going to be hunt the memory card. <laughs> 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 Put them to work. Put them to work. Anyway, let's crack up with the show. Dave, um, let's have some Into the Wonderful Housekeeping.
2: Into the Wonderful Housekeeping. And then and then two, the Double. Double. someone submitted a, um, a story about a, 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 as a follow-up to what clint and i were talking about last week which was actually the, the what's been submitted it's a so it's it's a bits and bolts video where he has taken um a, a four megabyte voodoo one card and upgraded one of the two banks of memory from two megabytes to four megabytes which in turn in some games improves performance by up to 15%. It's a nice little it's a nice little video. It's part 1. Part 2 is not yet out where I presume he's going to upgrade the other bank of memory to take the Voodoo up from 4 megabytes the Voodoo 1 from 4 megabytes to 8 megabytes. So it was a, a nice little story there. But I, we didn't pick it because we, we've had Voodoo a, a few times recently. Um another the top submission last week was a picture of someone's recently acquired BBC Micro. That's 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 twice that's happened now. Someone's bought a BBC and been so delighted with it. They put it to the subreddit and people have been also happy with it. Um, again, this one has not had the ROM patch bashed out. Maybe my impression on that is wrong. Um, that's quite a nice thing. Should we
0: be encouraging our community to just kind of share their and celebrate yes. their successes and their finds? Yeah. Because
2: it's not as if it stops us doing anything else. Um, So yeah, by all means do it.
0: Um, Other people get to see it. Yeah. Do it. There you go. There's an open invite to share your, uh, your trash to treasures, your restorations, your pickups um, with other members. There's also the discord um, room. If you ever want to come and chat in real time with us, it's discord.gg forward slash RMC retro. There is a, this week in retro room, or you can just chat in all the other rooms anyway with us. Um, but if that's not your thing, feel free to use Reddit to share those things too. Yeah, nice idea.
2: And finally, um, we talked about Amber Moon Advanced, and I checked on Amazon, and the link is now working for the manual in English. So you can now buy the manual in English. I think it's twelve ninety five, and the funds will go uh, to the author as well. Some of it. So go ahead and buy that if you're going to play the game. It'll help you play it and i also like to welcome two new patrons this week Uh, so thank you very much to chris and to neil um Funny enough, not to Chris and Neil, but to Chris <laughs> and to Neil. <laughs> yes, no, you, you, Chris, you're Where, too cheap to do it. So cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- thank you very much to Chris and to Neil for signing up as patrons. Um, we really do appreciate people who do sign up as patrons. If you want to, you can go to www.patreon.com slash This Week in Retro and join them. Uh, but that's all for our housekeeping this week. Okay, into our first
0: story. And oh, I'm not sure if this is a can of worms I want to be opening, but um, let's give it a go. Okay, brace yourselves, everyone. I'd like to thank Salem for submitting this story to our subreddit, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash retro. if you want to participate. Oh, Dave, I know it's your favorite topic. You're, you're loosening up there, limbering up, ready for a fight. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Okay, well, it's the so-called Atari ST Amiga War. Now, I'm hoping at this War. point that Duncan will deep fake Dave on the screen in the uh, the commando scene where Arnie is applying his camo to his face, ready <laughs> to go into battle. Um, I don't know. Maybe, or maybe the blue battle uh, paint of, uh, of Braveheart. Which would you be? Oh, Are you no. more Arnie or,
2: um, or, um, or Mel? Are you more Mel Gibson? I, I, or I, I am, or I am <laughs> definitely not Mel Gibson. <laughs> 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 I'm not prone to drunken anti-Semitic rants.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, there's probably parallels to be drawn there between the Atari ST and the Amiga, Mel Gibson, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. But let's move on. ST Amiga, The Flame Wars is a new book being kickstarted. It's currently sitting at £6,000 of a £19,500 target. And it comes from Editions 64K. Now I've backed one of their books before. That one was called demo maker the Amiga years it sits proudly in the cave library and anyone who shows an interest at the demo scene I, I grab it and show them and they're just they're transfixed on this book it's a really lovely coffee table book all about the demo scene or, or the Amiga demo scene uh they did follow it up with a Amiga AGA demos book now I wasn't really in you know I didn't have an AGA Amiga back in the day so that doesn't have as much nostalgia for me but I will pick that up at some point it's, it's still on sale However, those books are gorgeous. They're very image heavy. The smell of ink on that book when you open it is just glorious. Um, lovely. Uh, almost sm- smells just like when you get uh, used to buy a big box game and it would have a huge manual and you would release the smell of the manual when you open the box. Well, this book smells just like that. I'm not weird. You are. Um, and <laughs> this new book looks to follow the same kind of format. They're aiming for delivery in December. It includes guest writers such as... David Pleasance of Batman pack fame, <laughs> former MD of Commodore, fighting in Commodore's corner. And Daryl Still, who who product managed the ST Power Pack. So he's swinging for Atari's corner. Yeah. Um, topics promised in the book or chapters, although this may be subject to change, but this is what's on there at the moment. Um, a chapter called Amiga Special Video. So we're obviously going to be talking about video toasters and gen I would imagine. Atari ST Special. Can you guess what it is?
2: MIDI. Is it on how it looks better than the Amiga? A no, better value? It's, is it how Atari ST fans are not toxic?
1: Is it, MIDI? How, is it how it <laughs> sounds consistent with the Atari
0: 2600? Atari ST, <laughs> MIDI. Um, there's a chapter called Businesses, Businesses War, and in brackets, Sales Numbers. Computer parties and clashes. Demo scene, to have or not to have custom chips. So... They've been writing books on the de- two books on the demo scene. It's, it's quite natural for them to lean into
2: that with these systems as well. A chapter called um, "Lazy Ports" in brackets. That's the history of Amiga from 1985 to 1989. <sighs> no, it's um, it's True. all about how Dave is
0: a lazy port of LGR. <laughs> 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 There's a chapter. Oh, on, feel, feel, I'm, I'm on fire today, Dave. That's I'll so- <laughs> be setting you on fire today. <laughs>
1: I can say, um, but I'm usually the, the one getting
0: called... bullied. I'm just going to sit back <laughs> yeah. in this one and watch the fight. Just enjoy it, Chris. <laughs> There's a chapter called Hype versus Fact and Workbench versus Toss and a whole lot more besides. So hopefully in time, I would like to see some sample chapters or pages appear on the Kickstarter because we're not seeing that just yet. Um, and a little bit more information would be nice. Um, the demo scene book I thought was great, but pictures in demos are really good at telling their own story. You've only got to look at several frames from a demo to get the idea of what it's all about. So it it didn't need a huge amount of supporting text. This book, I would expect to be heavier on the text, and I really hope it is to cover some of these meaty topics Uh, and to bring something new to the topic, because let's be honest, um, it is a bit of a playground argument. Uh, It's far less black and white than some would have you believe. Um, And I think only the most childish would
2: really engage on that level. So on that note, Dave? Dave? I'd like to think that I'm above the childish <laughs> nonsense, unlike you smelly, bum-face Amiga fans. <laughs> uh, no, the, the, the quick, easy answer to it all, and I, 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 I promise this this is true, is that before the Batman pack, the ST was the only reasonable choice. Uh, before then, the ST was much cheaper than the Amiga and when it got close atari added a, a brilliant set of pack ins which it turns out were not far away from how it felt of getting a pile of pirate discs because it was just a pile of discs the power pack and um, so in b- between um b- between maybe 1987 when it became um, possible to afford to buy an Atari ST in kind of 1980, Christmas 1989, I think when the Batman pack came out. I think between then the ST was a sensible choice. And and beyond then the the Amiga kinda caught up in price. Commodore finally got their act together. They finally got the, the price down and that's where the that's where the kind of the competition came in. Um as for the book itself, I was probably in the no I'm not going to back this camp until Neil talked about it. Um I hope it does add some value to it. I hope it's not just a, a set of facts lifted lifted from Wikipedia on it. I hope it really adds some value on it. And what you said makes me think that maybe it will. Um, they've got um, David Pleasance uh, talking about the the thing that was really important for well, what he did for the Amiga was he he managed to market the A500 to the UK and sell it in big numbers. And you've got Daryl Still come in as well. Um, so yeah, it's also if it's got actual real sales numbers that'll help as well. So I I, I am I am probably now going to back it.
0: Oh nice okay. Um, mm. Well, you you talked about the packs there, Batman pack or the Power pack. Um, you know, I, I think as as wonderful as the Batman pack was, I think it it gets overhyped a little bit. Um, there was another pack called the Flight of Fantasy pack. Sorry, Chris. Um, <sighs> you might agree with me on this, Chris, because instead, on, so the Batman pack had. New Zealand Story, yeah. F-18 Interceptor, Deluxe mm-hmm. Paint 2, Batman the Movie, okay? Batman the Movie was the big one on the front. The other two yeah. kind of w- w- were subtitles next to it. There was one called the Flight of Fantasy Pack, which instead of F- F-18, it had F-29 Retaliator.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that's
0: a better flight sim. No. It had also had Deluxe Paint 2. <laughs> it had Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters, which was a nice Atari Ooh, arcade yeah, game, okay. mm-hmm. yeah and Rainbow Islands. So Mm. overall, Mm. I think that is a more complete pack of games across multiple genres. Do you agree with me? No. Yeah, no, no. The
1: Batman pack was across genres as well. Um, I just really disagree that F29 is better than F18, even though it was newer as a it was it was a maybe a more enjoyable game but i wouldn't call it a better flight sim I, i'm oh. sure you agree on that oh it really oh, the, is the engine really was is a questionable flight sim it's much smoother, it's, <laughs> much smoother. <laughs> can we see at least <laughs> oh, that
2: neither, graphics, neither yeah, was a bad choice to oh yeah if neither, you got neither those you'd be happy with them yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's true it's true
0: um, but all of this pales in comparison compared to the power pack that had 20 games i'll rattle through them quickly um, of course, you know these computers are not all about the packings. We've just got, we've just gone down this cul-de-sac for a moment. r type Gauntlet 2, Super Hang On, Space Harrier, Overlander, Super Huey, Star Glider, Eliminator, Nebulous, Pac Mania, Predator. In the UK, Winter Olympiad in Germany, Bomb Jack, Bombusel, Xenon, Double Dragon, Black Lamp, Outrun, Star Goose, and Star Ray. Mm. I mean. <clears throat> there's certainly quantity there, and there is some quality in there, but not all of them, Dave.
2: No, they're, they're, it's not. Not everyone's a great game, but there's a there's a wide range of arcade style games. A few um, uh, Nebulas is a, 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 a nice change of pace from that. The only thing missing from it really is. Um, a strategy game and an rpg if they added a strategy game and an rpg you could have got the st with a power pack and bought nothing else whatever <laughs> i guess um, yeah maybe yeah. if they had added carrier command bard's tail or if they could somehow have done it have added dungeon master to it <laughs> yeah. then mm. yeah that would have been it Nobody would have had to release any games. Yeah, I guess you, you've,
0: you've got the pseudo-arcade RPG and Gauntlet 2, but it, it ain't an RPG. Um, <laughs> so, so Chris, this book is sitting at the Kickstarter at £36 for a physical copy. There are higher tiers um, if you want some of the extras that are in there. Would you, would you back it at that price? <laughs> Maybe, but you do know how cheap I am. But I'm,
1: I'm tempted. <laughs> the more you've talked about it in the intro to this segment.
2: Do you know but, what? Yeah, I've just I'm... thought of something. I think that, that, that one of the drivers behind people deciding if they back it or not is going to be, is it going to make the Amiga win? Is it going to make the ST win? <laughs> I'm only backing it if my side I, wins. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I would assume, Well, especially by the, the sound of how they have put this book together, they've clearly done a very balanced approach. So I think both fandoms are going to come out happy, I
0: think. I think it's going to sing the praises of both. What from the company yeah. that's just done two books on the Amiga demo scene. You think Oh yeah, true. Be- <laughs> true. <laughs> I just I don't know I was giving them the
1: benefit of the doubt, you know, maximize <laughs> your your audience and the number of people that are going to buy it. That's how that's how I'd do it if I was, you know, <laughs> doing it for the for the money, but anyway. Um but yeah, so, so maybe. But in terms of the packs, I mean Batman pack, don't forget um you also had with on the Amiga side. You had things like the Ten Star Games Pack and the Astra
0: Pack. Um, Who could forget Thundercats? Yes. <laughs> the Ten Star Games. I've got the whole Ten Star Games pack, pack here. None of them work, uh, mind. Yeah, you, but, I've got uh, them. Um, yeah. There's there's um, there's a racing game based on trucks, truck driving. Is it? List the games. What's the, what games are uh, in it? A... I,
1: I in don't the know. Pack. The Ten Star Games No, game this is so. This is you've got Amigas. You've got the Art of Chess, Barbarian, Buggy Boy, Akari Warriors, Insanity Fight, Mercenary. Terrapods, Thundercats, and Whizball. Um, you've got the Astros.
2: Which may be. And Mercenary. Yeah. The rest can get in the bin.
1: Mercenary. No. Insanity Fight is a ridiculously hard vertical scrolling shooter. up. Akari Warriors is okay. Buggy Boy is a nice port. Barbarians a classic. Flipping act. You've got to have a chess game when you first get a, a powerful computer because you just have to. Amigas is good. You, you just, know, it's a,
2: You've just upgraded from your 8 bit
1: computer to your 16 bit computer. Well, what do you want to play chess? True. That is true. Yeah, no, you do want to play chess, but you want it to be battle chess, not this. But if, you know, money's, yeah. money's thin. But on that, on that, so when I bought my original Batman pack, we actually got the Batman pack and the 10-star games pack games thrown in and a quick shot too and a dust cover, very important, all value added. And that was 350 pounds. You know, so £50 shy of the recommended retail price. So I do agree, you know, the Atari ST was a lot more um, tempting for a lot of households because, you know, money was tight back then for most of us. Um, and one of my best mates, that's the very reason he ended up with an ST before he then moved over to Amiga was simply because the Amiga was too expensive. But the bargains were out there if you knew where to look. So, yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Do we really need a book to tell us that the Amiga's better? I mean, we already know that. So maybe this book is actually
0: aimed at ST owners who don't yet know what we know. Oh ouch um I'm, I'm furiously trying to find this pack that had truck racing in maybe a listener can help me because there was another pack that were in those um dual cassette style boxes for the amiga and yeah. there was um there was definitely a truck racing game in there i'll have to dig through my shelves because there was like somebody.
1: three or four different ones the astro packs the only other, other one i can think of but i know there's another two because every now and again on ebay you see them all you know mm. for sale separately so
0: so um, one gripe I will say I have with this Kickstarter, and it's, it's not just specifically to this one—I see it on a lot of them—is is that half of the whole Kickstarter page is about extras, music CDs, coasters, badges. <clears throat> they all look fine products, you know, like fine products. But detail on the book should always take take priority, um, or, or whatever the Kickstarter is, is about. I know this is one of your pet hates too, Dave, isn't it? Um, and also, when you back a Kickstarter, I'm not—I'm not saying it's happened with this one because it hasn't. No, it didn't happen with the um, the demo scene book, but it has on other Kickstarters. When you back something, it gets delivered, it's done. Okay, it's done and dusted. That Kickstarter is behind you. You've got your product, no, pro- no problems. But then you receive emails for years afterwards from that very project telling you about millions of other people's projects or directing you to their website to buy something else that they've done or, or another Kickstarter. Kickstarter abuse is annoying. Please don't do it, Kickstarter um, people. But anyway, back to this book. They have delivered before, so I've got no doubt they'll deliver again with this one. The target is December that they're aiming for. And we'll just follow with interest to see how this campaign unfolds, if they add a bit more detail. Uh, when this um, podcast goes out, there'll be two weeks left to back it. So there's plenty of time to decide. I'll need to have decided by that time if I'm going to buy Monkey Island, which,
2: <laughs> again, Monkey Island update, sitting on the fence yeah. still. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm as well. That, that they've they've now announced they're coming out with uh, Maniac Mansion, which is a game that is entirely unaffordable for people to mm. buy. I mean, there's so few copies out there. You're talking five, six hundred pounds at least to get a copy. But they're doing they're doing a copy of it, so you can have it. But whether it's, whether if you want the original, would you want this? I, I don't know. It's another topic for another day. Mm. Uh, but I'm glad this book is going to finally show that the Atari ST had its moment in the sun. And it was great while it was out. And I'm sure the Amiga was great when.
0: Oh, no, I've, I've,
2: I seem to have muted
0: Dave. What's oh, happened what there, Chris? Oh, Dave, no! his microphone's you. cut off. I don't know what's happened there. microphone's cut off. What's happened there? Dave? Dave, you oh, there? No. Oh, no. we he? better go on to the next story. Yeah, onto the next story.
2: We are sponsored by Pixel Addict Magazine. Pixel Addict Magazine are a monthly um, retro lifestyle magazine. Um, they are coming up to publish the next issue. Uh, I have been told a, a couple of things about it, but I'm not going to say anything because it's still maybe a week away. We'll preview it in the next week's show. Um, so there's still the old one to, to look at. However, I have been told that the pet story, the one about making the new case for it, there is part two in the next issue so i'm looking forward to that
0: oh that's the uh, metal the metal case for the commodore yes Pet. yes
2: yeah. yeah i'm really interested in that i like it when someone does a, a project from scratch to hopefully to finish and it looks really really good mm-hmm. um you can you can buy the magazine in your newsagent uh you wh it. smith in uk anywhere worldwide i'm sure any shop you go into will have it grocery shop whatever um this is if too they don't just though. shout at them this is too
0: uh, <laughs> it's Amiga too slick for our sponsor slot. I, we did, we did, we did get a good confirmation last week, though, for anyone who missed the show from Clint, mm. um, who just chipped in to say that Amiga Addict does in fact exist. So that's a yes. good.
2: That's yes, yes. He's aware that it is a magazine. Yes, yes. he is Clint aware. Clint was not was not going to be led into doing any kind of sponsorship. That was gold. <laughs> that was so good. What do you think of it, Clint? It exists. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Pixel.addict.media if you'd like to to buy a copy in PDF or get a subscription. Um, Other than that, though, thank you very much for sponsoring us. And next week, you'll have a preview of the next issue. Death Adder goes forth. Um, In the summer of 1989, one of the most important and iconic arcade games arrived. Fighting across a varied and beautifully drawn Conan the Barbarian inspired fantasy landscape, you and a friend would take on a variety of foes, ride dragons, beat up thieves for potions, travel on a giant turtle before assaulting the palace and defeating Death Adder, who wields the golden axe in the title of the game, all to a wonderful musical score and nice, crunchy attack sounds. Now This game was heaven for me as a teenager. I loved fantasy settings, and this was so well done, and a few months later, Final Fight, which I didn't enjoy nearly as much, brought us the start of a fantastic 90s genre. Most of which is on the CPS system, the Capcom system. Um, games like Knights of the Round, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, The Punisher, Alien vs. Predator, and the excellent DD arcade games. Goldnax took on elements from earlier games like Renegade double dragon and others before it but it really did it really made an impact it was really a a a a new uh, a new height in beat-em-ups and it got a lot of ports and i'm pleased to say that most are well worth playing i love the st port for example i felt it was arcade uh, accurate of course it's not quite arcade accurate but it's close enough that when you go from the arcade and play it months later at home it's pretty close um and it then got sequels, but it only got the sequels on consoles, um, on the, the Golden Axe uh, 2 and 3, on the, the Sega Mega Drive, for example, and you couldn't play it in the arcade. Unless it was on the Mega Tech or the Mega Play, Dave,
0: don't forget that, which was just a Mega Drive in the arcade, so you could, you could play it in there. <laughs>
2: And it then came out with Revenge of Death Adder in the arcade. Now, other games followed, but there's too many to go into now. Now, we're aware, thanks to a submission from Good Punk 2, who sounds like a Final Fight character, that there's a new homebrew game out called Golden Axe Returns. It's set after the two console games, Golden Axe 2 and Golden Axe 3, um, and before the. The, the the arcade sequel revenge of death adder which is a second arcade game so this would make it canonically the fourth golden axe game um it's an unofficial game so it's not ad- endorsed at all by Sega, and it's made by zviator or zvitor not sure in the pronunciation i have played it i love it it feels right he's got got the music in there it feels great to play and i'm going to play it more um it's a little bit more in-depth than the original Golden Axe arcade game. It feels more of a computer game than it does an arcade game. It's not quite as quick-in-you-go game. Um, there's weapons you can pick up. There's a lot more characters you can pick up, including a Black Panther. Johnny, do you fancy Golden Axe? Do you? Um, and there's a, it feels a wee bit more role-playing elements in there, but not too much. Uh, it's still a nice and simple game. But I think I'll put it to one side because I've not played the console games, the Mega Drive ones. I'll play those. I think inspiration to play those on my on my Mister before I come back to this. Neil, what's your GoldenEye experience? Well,
0: I've got a golden axe fact for you, and it's not... Uh, did you know that the dwarf is called Gilius Thunderhead? Because that one <laughs> often comes up. Um, it's that, do you know, the? Um, there's like this little two-legged dragon creature with a beak and a tail that you can ride, and he swings around and you can hit people with the tail. Well, his name in the game is Chicken Leg. That's his <laughs> official name. And, um, and? And? And his species is Cockatrice. He's no, a choice. okay. And very did which game did he come from originally? Um, well, he appears in Golden Axe Warrior as well,
2: and I think in Golden Axe the Jewel. And mm. I think I think I, I I came across this when I was looking into this yesterday. I think he came from Altered Beast. Did he? I think so. Mm. I wonder if I made that up. I wonder if that's something I've dreamt.
0: Right, you, you, you tap on your keyboard and see if you can find that out. Um, my memories of uh, of um, Golden Axe. I, I'm pretty sure the first time that I saw it, it was on a Mega Drive, not on the arcade. Um, and that means I got to enjoy a really special experience that we don't really get these days, which is I experienced seeing the game, playing it, enjoying it at home or at a friend's house in this case, and then going to the arcade and seeing the same game effectively on steroids chunkier graphics more mind-blowing sound a, a bigger screen proper arcade controls and that's just that was just such an awesome thing to experience um other examples i can think of were like uh road blasters i played on my amstrad cpc and then saw the sit down cockpit version i think it was an open cockpit with cockpit with road blaster and a yoke a yoke dave to to drive and, and and shoot your um your car down the highway and the graphics on that again, it just blew the amstrad away and and you don't get to enjoy that so much anymore. I mean I guess you can in a way if you upgrade your GPU maybe um but you still get i guess you get the same visuals just a better frame rate in most instances. It's hard to explain if you if you haven't enjoyed it do you agree did you do you have those same feelings?
2: yeah, the arcade was where you went to see the where you went to see the the really cutting edge stuff and yeah. I, that's maybe why i stopped going to the arcades in the kind of um the the early to mid 90s because that's the point at which the arcades really didn't have as much of an advantage yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: um and i think golden axe was probably the second game that i ever tried on the on the mega drive with the first being altered beast which was also a port of an arcade game but i always felt that golden axe had a lot more depth and replayability because it's a particularly deep game it just had that third dimension of movement in and out of the screen compared to altered beast which i i liked better dave
2: and you mentioned altered beast and i should say that um, chicken leg uh, a riddle monster from golden axe uh, originally appeared as an enemy in the sega game altered beast he did,
0: there you go. He did. There you go there you go rise from your grave chicken leg um yeah this new the new one dave correct me if i'm wrong it looks to be four player now i I haven't played this i watched it on youtube and there were four press starts along the bottom Mm -hmm. very arcadey i liked that Mm -hmm. um the soundtrack was the first thing that hit me really nice homage to the original soundtrack but orchestral um but it didn't sound it's hard to explain it didn't sound too modern (laughs) it it fit the game and the game in itself is is trying to look kind of mid-90s um I would place it perhaps, you know, I I could naturally see this running on a Sega System 32 hardware, which is what Revenge of Death Adder ran on. Um, I think that could handle it. Maybe not not so much the music, but. The game itself, the backdrops are gorgeous. The character sprites are definitely a callback to the earlier games. If you look at Revenge of the Death Adder, they're trying to be a little bit more photorealistic and it, it doesn't quite
2: work, does it? Um, yeah, there's not something not quite right about the sprites in the, in, in, in the second arcade game. It's not quite as...
0: Hmm. Hmm.
2: So in this new one...
0: Um, I mean, it's such a callback to the original. I wouldn't be surprised if they used the original sprites and just, uh, you know, painted over some of them, added some more colors. But there is original work added as well, new stuff. So overall, I like the look of this. I like the look of it in motion on YouTube. Not played it, so I'm trusting your guidance on the actual quality of the game, Dave. But you seem to be saying good things.
2: Yeah. Um. I. I you can go and play it. I mean, you can. You could be within minutes of finishing this. You could be playing the game. It's a PC game um Chris what do you think about it yeah it looks
1: interesting I mean just to go back to what you said at the start in in terms of talking about double dragon and target renegade in this same conversation do you know what i I'd, I'd never really seen that they were even in the same genre I guess you know the sort of uh present day um you know fighting crime bosses and stuff like that in in tube stations is so different to a fantasy world that I just you know it sort of masks the similarities in the game mechanics which is quite nice um uh, I'm pretty sure I played this in the arcade with some mates. I, I, I know I've definitely played the arcade at least once, but mostly played it on the Amiga and also similar to you guys at a friend's house on the on the Mega Drive. I liked it. And it's funny how everybody talks about this and Alter Beast in the same sentence almost most of the time because the two do feel kind of similar. I mean, they're both Sega games. They're both sideways scrolling beat-em-ups to a point. But again, like Neil talked about, you know, the, the depth of movement, just as you got in things like Double Dragon and Target Renegade, does add that extra uh, level of playability and certainly I I prefer that style of play to the sort of very flat plane of Altered Beast but yeah good game. Um, In terms of this remake I mean I had a quick look today at some video footage of it and it certainly looks really faithful to the original and I love how they've kept with that sort of 16-bit era graphics style as I would call it so yeah looks good.
2: The game is made in something called Open Bar which is a uh, free open source side scrolling game engine and i didn't really realize that until after i'd played it and i looked into it a bit more so think about it like shoot 'em up construction kit from back in the day um comments suggest that it could use a bit of polish although i think i thought it felt fine uh, i maybe wasn't playing it with a critical mind i was just enjoying it um and coming at it from only playing the arcade games and not the Sega Mega Drive, the Genesis versions of it, which I think lots of people are. I I think most people are familiar with a Mega Drive version than they are with the, the arcade version because when I've done... I wanted, as I was writing this, uh, writing my notes, I wanted to put the the Golden Axe music on in the background. I went, I typed into to YouTube, Golden Axe music, and it was Mega Drive, Mega Drive, Mega Drive before you got the arcade. So I, I think most people playing this might be Mega Drive fans rather than arcade fans, but there's hundreds apparently of these projects available, these um, the, the these, these fan made games available, um. And the whole thing stemmed from a fan remake of Streets of Rage called Beats of Rage, which is the the B O R in Open bore. um And I wonder if all the console fans listening to us and watching us now are sitting there saying, Dave, everybody knows about this. Everybody knows about it. Why are you <laughs> the only person that doesn't know about this? Why are you years behind us? But I didn't really know about it until now. I know there was an I know there was a there was one for that kind of Street Fighter two type games, and one v one games. There was there was an engine to to make your own oh, ones of those Mug- I've come across Mugen? it once. Oh, Mugen, Mugen yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, although I don't know much about it, but the, but there you go. This game is available now. It's marked as complete. Go and download it. It's free. Get some people chopped up and ride a dragon. Sega. Sega. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're all into games
1: collecting, right? So, in terms of your personal collections, guys, um, are you guys collecting the games you used to own, or the ones you missed out on, or sort of a blurred combination of both?
2: Both, um, and I've already got just about every game that I used to own. Even the not so good Amstrad compilations of games, I've been I've been getting those ones where I can. Nice. Mm. Nice.
0: Uh, they sold a million That's the first Amstrad compilation That comes to mind When I think about them um, Chris do you mean Owned Or do you mean Possessed Perhaps in a box Of a hundred floppy disks Well that's for you um, To answer Yes What do you mean <laughs> Well I mean The latest game That I've re-bought Kind of Is a boxed copy Of Damocles Which I had back In the day But I didn't have So Oh Neil
1: <laughs> Not because you're swapping the barcodes. It's a great game. <laughs> oh, the
2: barcodes, the barcode theft. <laughs>
1: anyway um, yeah. criminal i, I forgot about that. that episode yeah <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for myself I, I'm, I'm sure we've discussed this before I'm, I'm mostly trying to just recollect the games that i had but it's so hard to stick to that uh, and it's because there's so much nostalgia attached to not just the game and playing the game but you know the box the box art the the contents of the box in terms of the manuals and any other things like badges and stuff like that and um but maybe there's a, a a way of, you know, really uh, um, we could up the nostalgia by a bit of a notch. What if, okay, instead of somebody else's copy of F-19 Stealth Fighter that looks like it's been used as a football um, and that's how it arrives via eBay, what if I could actually have my original copy, you know, the very one I grew up with? Um, what if I could reconnect with my original games and who knows, maybe even my old machines as well? Well, funnily enough, there's a museum in Japan that is doing just that, reuniting games with their old owners where possible. Uh, so listener Nick Farley posted a link in the subreddit to a story on Kotaku. Kat- uh, I always pronounce that wrong. Um, yeah, by Claire Jackson. Very good piece. Uh, and the story details how uh, the named cassette museum in Tokyo, I'm sure that sounds a lot cooler in Japanese, by the way. But in English, it's the Named Cassette Museum, um, and it's run by uh, Junji Siki, and it's doing exactly that: it's reuniting old games with their original owners. So basically, many games are marked by their original owners—you know, writing your name on it so that when you loan it to a mate, it, you, that friend knows who to return it to when they finish playing playing it. And and basically. In the museum's collection, if you recognize a game as being one of your own, and in fact, you know you recognize that that's your scrawl across it, you can actually approach them and you can get your game back. So basically, Junie has, has uh, he's, uh, you have to, sorry, there's certain requirements. Junie himself has to deliver the game to you by hand. You must buy it back for a price, but you actually choose the price. And you must let the museum document the story on their website, including, you know, a few set details, the history, you know, the history that you have with the game, how you came to losing it or no longer being in possession of it, and your memories of the game itself, which to me, I mean, those conditions seem absolutely fine. Neil, would you jump at the chance of having your possibly
0: imperfect originals back in your hand? Well, when you describe it the way you have there, Chris... um... It's not really. It sounds like it's not really about the physical game. It's not about giving the game back to the person. It's mm. just a vehicle through which to um, capture a really lovely story surrounding mm. the game um, and just these the social aspect of of gaming to capture these bits and for a museum you know, that is effectively an exhibit. That is a lovely thing that they've captured and they can capture all of these stories from all of these people. Maybe they'll get little talking head videos. Maybe I, I don't know how they'll plan to document it. But you could do an exhibition just on that alone in any city, in any part of the world, you know, video game stories, um, mm-hmm. people talking about, you know, you know, first of all, the reaction, the excitement to see that original game, game again and maybe their name scrawled on it. Um, and then all the memories will come back to them, where they bought it, what they were doing, what was going on in their lives, um, how obsessed or they or, or not they got with this game, what it meant to them. There's so much that can come out of that very simple process of a return in a game. So I love the idea that surrounds it. Um, and it got me thinking somewhere out there in the world, there is a Commodore Amiga 500 with my initials scratched on the bottom of it using a school compass. I like to think it's still out there somewhere.
2: Did you go into Curry's? find one on a shelf, scratch your name onto the bottom, <laughs> and then try and say, look, this is mine. This is mine. It's got my name in it. Um, somewhere out there in the
0: world, there is a copy of Police Quest 3, the manual in which I've plotted dots of the crimes around the city. I've carefully used a ruler to, to join up the lines and, and figure out where the next crime is going to take place. Anyone who's played that game knows what I'm talking about. If you haven't, sorry, spoilers. Um, I'd love to have those things again. Um, and someone did ask me, I think it was Chris asked me a week ago on Twitter, would you start doing this yourself now? Would you start reuniting games, uh, with people or people with games? <clears throat> and, um, I've got a lot of games in the cave with people's names on. Some are, some have done a line of tip X and used a biro to write things on the tape, on the inlay. Uh, some have just used a black permanent marker on the plastic of the cassette box. It always makes me smile when I see these things. But all of them have been donated to the cave. So if I just started turning up and giving them back to them, it, w- it would be a bit bit of an awkward situation. It would, it would be, uh, uh, rather than the celebration and the excitement that you've described, it would be, a, you know. What are you doing at my doorstep? Why are you giving this back to me? It's not a story, is it? <laughs> um, and, and other things that I often find with big box games, not just names, are um, sometimes saved game discs. Dave told us the story the other day about
2: the um, front. No, it wasn't Frontier Elite. It was the... Um, Frontier First it? Encounters. So it was Frontier. the Elite 3. And there was the patch disc that someone had got and they'd written on it, i exasperated this patch is a joke yeah <laughs>
0: so that's it tells a little story in itself that's nice uh, and i did once find an a5 notebook in a, in a game box which was just the whole notebook was full with handwritten cheat codes uh, magazine clippings stuck in there some of which were folded so you'd open the page and fold them out and get the whole the magazine clipping maps drawn out by hand um, and I've still got that book. It's it just scrolled on the front of the book. It says "Amiga cheats," and it's just bursting with you know somebody's memories and yeah. nice. you know, lovely things. Does to it find. say
2: "Amiga cheats"? St is honest. <sighs> Honestly, Dave, go back to your <laughs> to your Sega. You're going to mute <laughs> me again, are you? Can't handle the truth, Ooh. Dave. There is out there. There isn't because it went to the skip. But my Atari ST has a Marpet in it, and the Marpet is... It jumps out. So the Marpet was a memory upgrade for the Atari ST, and it was one of these clip on things you forced into a PLS a PLCC slot so it kind of had pins that forced away in and what happened over time was the pins crept away back out <laughs> so it would go it would go wonky and have to open it up to the point where i didn't keep screws in my ST so <laughs> i could lift the case up and tap the marpet back in um it had joystick and mouse ports the, the Atari ST cleverly put them Underneath in a stupid position, so um, as you changed them over, the eventually the solder broke. So mine was sellotaped in place to make sure that it still worked.
0: Yeah, it's really really stupid. I've I've added D nine extension cables to my SD, so Essential. I just just change them on the cable, not not in the SD it's,
2: The yes. problem is, I I got those, but I got those after the ports had started to go, and of course back then the idea of stripping it down and resoldering the port never crossed my mind. So I, I just had to put these extensions in and then get wadded up bits of um, tissue paper and sellotape it in place to hold these things in a position where the dry joints um, worked. So I'm not sure that that ST is as much as, of course, I, these days I could fix it up. Um, and as for the games, well... The games would be... I wouldn't have any way to identify my copy of Ultima Six versus someone else's copy of Ultima Six. assuming they hadn't drawn out, because I, I don't remember ever writing in my games or anything like that. I'm sure they weren't in, in pristine condition, um, especially as I used to smoke. Um, but I'm sure they weren't in pristine condition. But I don't think there was anything about my games that was particularly identifiable. I don't think I, I could show my games and say, well, mine, mine's got this, that, the other... It, um, so I, I'm not sure about that. Of course, I'd happily take them back. What happened was my dad phoned me one day and said, all this stuff up aloft, do you want it? Do you want me to t- bring it around to you or or I'll just get rid of it? I'll just get rid of it. So it all went to the skip. It all oh, went yeah. to the skip. We've all been Um but, but more than all this, I keep thinking, time and time again, I keep thinking that I would like to have done things differently. Um, when I got my CPC... Mostly I bought budget games. I was in the home computer club, the home computer club um, for people who who are not aware what it was. You signed up and they allowed allowed you to buy, I think it was three games for a really, really cut down price. Uh, And then you had to then buy one game every two months from their little magazine at 25% off or more for a year. So you committed to buying six games from them. It was actually, and when I look back, I looked up on archive.org at, at their flyers and so on, and it, it was fair. I mean, it, it, for what you got, you got value for money. It was fair. Um, but when I moved on to Atari ST, perhaps started by the Power Pack, which gave you a pack of really not, not very different from how pirate games looked, because it was just a pile of discs. I had hundreds of pirate these uh, discs hundreds of them um and i it was it was we would go into the the market in glasgow and buy them and come home and copy each others we would go to other people we 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 kind of vaguely knew and copy each others discs and i would end up with shoeboxes and disc boxes full of pirate games and i'd put a disc in and if the game didn't catch me right away i would activate the trainers cheat my way through the game to see what was there and that would be me in that game forever so i i regret doing that and i would i would prefer if i had played less games bought originals only and i i would and then kept them and looked after them and not throwing them in the skip and it, it would have been a different thing particularly as that ST Life went on, I moved more towards adventure, strategy, and role-playing games. I played less games as time went on and just looked at things like and 2 briefly and cheated my way through. So it'd be nice if that was slightly different there for me. But it is what it is. And magazines were probably um, probably partly to blame for their um, biased reviews.
0: Mm. Just just, all your ST talk there just reminded me of a friend who used to have exactly the same problem as you, with his D9 ports, the mouse, the joystick, bad solder joints from just the stress on it. And he used to put, um, used to put oven chips in there to just force it down. And that was really nice for him because, um, he actually had custom chips in his ST.
2: Yeah, I knew you were going somewhere like that with a terrible joke for that. Um, ashamed of yourself. I want to back you up on that one, Neil, but oh. (laughs)
1: <laughs> anyway cut that yeah, yeah. if you want Duncan <laughs> no leave it leave don't it. cut it expose, don't cut it leave it in so that people, can, people can, it. can understand
2: what it like, it's like so just the only way Neil on a daily basis with these terrible jokes it's the only way he'll learn Salmon and Matt shame me <laughs> <laughs> oh dear
1: anyway yeah um, I, I actually had mostly legit games I was in the home computer club as well Dave um, yeah got roped into that and it wasn't too bad but as a result of that um, I had mostly original games, some pirates. But when you were having to save your paper round money to get a game, you did then invest more of yourself into that game and make more of it. Yeah. You know, you had to enjoy it. Literally, you had well, to find I, a way really, of enjoying
2: really it. I really, really wish I'd, I'd stayed in mm. the home computer club for the CPC and then started again with the with the, with the Atari ST and got mm. a game every couple of months that way and not pirated. And if I had known which game, as I said though, mm. the problem is. That back in the day, you would no real way of knowing what a good game was That's true. unless your mates told you it was a good game or the magazines did. Mm. And magazine demos were good, cover mm. discs, but the magazine reviews, the, 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 the people, the people have talked about it uh, in retro circles now about how some of the magazine reviews were obviously, they hadn't played the game. They, yeah. they reviewed it based on screenshots or there was some kind of... Um, advertising hand in hand uh better give us a good review we'll stop paying for an adverts thing going on there so if you had gone by adverts you could have spent all that pocket money on the one game you can afford every two months and got an absolute stinker yeah it's true it's true
1: um, in terms of getting your original games back, I mean, most of my games were very well kept, or at least that's how I remember it. You know, that might actually be a blurred memory. Um, perhaps they're actually full of pencil drawings and, you know, different logos. And, and maybe they had notes saying things like, I love Rebecca or Nina or Lynn or whoever it would have been that week. Um, but, you know, so maybe they weren't actually that pristine. But if somebody contacted me and said, Chris, I think maybe I've got your original Amiga collection. I would. I think I'd be interested in that, but at the same time, I really enjoy collecting high-quality replacements that look almost brand new now. So you know, I'm not sure. Well, in fact, I know I would not give up the pristine Batman pack I have now for what would have been the crushed box that would have you know been the result of my original. Because I know the outer sleeve, for example, was either completely destroyed or close to it by the time I passed that machine on. But I'd certainly be happy to have both. You know, if it wasn't a choice, I would absolutely love to have my original back. That that would, uh, yeah, that would just be amazing. Um, Actually, on that, so Dave, uh, I do know my Spectrum Plus 3 made its way to Scotland because I know who who bought it. Um, And it had a custom introductory disc. Uh, that i made myself in basic and as part of that one of the demos it did was it drew a ferrari testarossa um side elevation front elevation and no rear elevation and plan depending on what buttons you pressed had a drawing package that you could play had a you could use the keyboard as a piano that was one of the other modes i did i wrote all this myself in basic so all i'm suggesting Dave, is i know scotland is a very small place uh, it should be at rob's house uh, i assume you know rob <laughs>
2: I have bought a Spectrum Plus 3 from someone in Scotland. I saw it listed on eBay. It was cheap. I snapped it up. Yep. And it came with a single CF2 disc in the drive, which is still in the drive, and I've mm. not tested that particular oh. Spectrum Plus 3. So until I test it, until oh. I test it, it could be your disc. Do you know the just funny so, thing is... Just, oh, go on, just, Neil. Sorry. Just to
0: help Dave identify um, if it is yours, does the testerosa have one or two wing bearers?
1: it has two but I can't remember if they're mounted high or low that's the big question Um, (laughs) funnily enough I I do because the things you remember uh, the, the plus three it came with the Amsoft game so six games on one disc and that's the disc I overwrote because I'd become bored of those games. Oh, wow. So I actually overwrote that, and that's what I wrote this introductory disc onto. Oh, I've
2: terrible. seen I've seen that disc, and it's not good games that Amstrad gave you. Yeah, um, I've, I've got another. Copy and it was late, and it was relatively late in the Spectrum's life that the yeah. that the Armstrong Plus Three came out for the Spectrum. So the, there was not was the so many it, good yeah. games. Yeah. In the Spectrum so much of a yeah. depth of of software, so many different types of cr- yeah. really super creative games for the Spectrum, and instead. Mm. They came out with a guff. Yeah,
1: I had the Chartbusters disc in there as well when I originally bought it, so that's got some good games on it. But, you know, joking aside about Dave hunting for my original Spectrum Plus 3, um, because there's only four people in Scotland, um, Junji came up with this concept for the museum as part of his own collecting, and he realised that some people actually don't like to buy games where somebody else has scribbled their name on them. But what he saw was the value and the opportunity. You know, those scribbles offer a chance of something else that nobody else is really doing, the chance of the game returning to its original owner. So do check out Claire's story via the links in the show notes. And there's also a link to a translated interview with Junji uh, to get even more information on this very cool concept. I actually hope we see more of this in, in similar services in other parts of the world.
0: Okay. Time now for our question of the week. Now, last week's question of the week was another simple one. It was, it was who would you like to see appear on this week in retro? So that was off the back of having LGR on who, um, well, uh, you know, everyone who comes on the show is um, it, it has been a great guest so far and we value all of their opinions. I don't think we've had a guest so far with quite such a high subscriber base as Clint you know he's up in the upper echelons of the the YouTube retro world it doesn't make his, not, his 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 yeah. opinion any more valuable than any
2: others. Um, but that, that's not why we booked him. We booked him oh because no. we knew he watches the show and and mm. thought it would be interesting, a nice guy to come on and talk to. So it, exactly. it wasn't just for the... We weren't being cynical about it, if that helps.
0: No, and the very fact that we had him on then got people talking on Discord about, oh, well, if you can get Clint on, then perhaps you can get so-and-so on and so-and-so on. So we also note he,
2: he was on CNN this week Oh yes, through some some wild story. I mean, his, his home security system was being controlled by someone else. Oh. Wild, but he did say, he, he, "Do you not know that?" Chris? No, You're I not haven't. On Twitter, are you? The correct no, of no, it is, he moved I'm into a new
0: house. It was like a smart house with smart locks and everything. <laughs> yeah. And on the first night he was in there, I don't think someone was maliciously controlling it. It was just no. preset in the original configuration. That uh, so okay. at like nine PM or whatever time it was clunk all the locks closed all the windows locked he was just locked in his house with no way of getting out so So, um you know a good cnn story they would love a headline like that wouldn't they man gets trapped in
2: own house so he was on cnn with that headline and then he he did tweet that it was more exciting being on he was looking forward more to being on this week in retro so thank you very much clint yeah lovely. even if he didn't really mean it (laughs) (laughs) So uh,
0: your responses to that question, who would you like on the show? Um, I will go first. It's our good friend Richard Shears at the top, and he says it's going to be hard to top Clint. Dave already beat me in mentioning Shelby from Tech Tangents, so I'll plus one that request. Another another suggestion, he says, would have been that um, not really... Oh, <laughs> so i was just reading ahead and he's taking the mickey another suggestion would have been that not really aussie guy agama 005 <laughs> um, which of course is chris um oh but we would have to worry that he hadn't played any games oh rich i thought you were a friend get out um rich also suggests uh, the lovely kim justice would be awesome but yeah totally agree with that would love to get kim on the show so um s- sticker on the list dave i know is it you dave that reaches out to, to our guest it's you that manages that science. Yes. yes. yes.
2: Yes, it is. I book all our guests. And it, it just so happens that I have already booked Shelby from Tech Tangents. Yeah, He nice. will be. I can exclusively reveal Sky Sports Style that he will be coming on the podcast uh, in the coming weeks. Unbelievable, Jeff.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, Dave.
2: <laughs> Dave. I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do <you> want... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you want to do the next one, Dave? Um, next one, Me. And this is from Tech Made Easy UK. He says, "Me, but seriously, I'm binging Goldfish on games at the moment on YouTube." Oh, what about him? His passion for the Amiga is certainly high. Oh no! Oh no! 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good None guy to that. get on.
2: Yeah, So, like
0: no, search, search for uh, Amiga YouTube videos, and Goldfish always comes up. So, um, yeah, very dedicated <laughs> to the cause. And Tech Made Easy, I know he's, um, you know, taking the Mickey out of himself, but yeah, why not? Why not? Um, very engaging over on Twitter and uh, making YouTube videos as well. So all opinions are, are most welcome. So um, add him to the list.
2: Add him to, him to add the him list. To list.
0: Yeah. Um, Chris, uh, you've got the next one. Yep. So this is by Lee's
1: uh, Snorkers. He would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, you would get costume changes. His big book <laughs> of facts. And he's just the nicest person you've ever met. A completely lovable lunatic, as rose-tinted Dave calls him. Make this happen from
0: lee more fun yeah. making it that's who that's who that, ah, that username okay. is he's um, a nice guy as well. Yeah, i've so, watched this stuff uh snorkers is what ho snorkers yeah it comes across as a, a lovely guy um yeah add him to the list and also um uh rose tinted spectrum i think you've already booked. got on the list oh, book, booked. Booked, so look forward yeah. to having him on as well oh, the guest nice. list is is pretty
2: full he's good at this yeah. is dave Busting yeah. at the seams
0: yeah. So, um, there's lots more answers besides feel free to have a look through them on our subreddit, uh, reddit.com forward slash art forward slash this week in retro. Um, wow. The list is huge. So have a good old read through there. Some of them, um, we've got YouTubers suggested. We've got old game devs suggested as well. People like Jeff Minter, John Karnak, <laughs> Bill Gates, someone has suggested good luck with that, Dave. Um, <laughs> Well, he does watch us. It's a tricky one. I'm sure he does. It's a tricky one because when it, when you get into those names, I want to hear their stories a little yeah. bit more than just yeah. their opinions on the topics. Yeah. I yeah. feel yeah. like they're more sort of what I would do in a retro tea breaks. So yeah. If you guys want well, them well, on, well, that's fine. But um, well, we've yeah. got
2: a, When we've got a YouTuber on, I I really don't want to start the whole thing and just have an interview with him and say, yeah. so tell us about being on YouTube. There's, uh, there's, there's so much of that going about. What we want to hear is... The things I, I I hope that people got that last week, Clint mm, talked mm. to talked in a different way than he normally talks. Mm. He got an opportunity to see to see his opinion on things, which he doesn't always. It's not how his normal videos work, so I th- it's something different. So when we get a YouTuber that's ideal when we get an an industry person who's got a, a story to tell. I think we'd want their stories. So that's where your tea break would be more suitable. Mm-hmm.
0: Neil. Mm. Yeah, tea yeah. break,
1: and you know, obviously our friends at the Retro Hour as well. That's there you know that's what they yeah, do as well they're 40. so you know yeah. so crazy.
0: our apologies yeah, to you um to you bill gates you know i know you want to be on the show but it's it's a no from
2: us so we're <laughs> <Sorry>. oh, <laughs> I, 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 put him on the if someone cancels if someone cancels i'll let bill gates on Bill gates. okay okay but, yeah. he but you're on standby right, <laughs> he, he has equal chance of coming on here as we do of having steve jobs on
0: <laughs> okay
2: sure oh. Um, so, uh, just as likely.
0: Our question of the week this week then is: it's another simple one. It's going to shut down the internet. It's going to get our subreddit banned. War! <laughs> it's war. The question <laughs> is: which is better, Amiga or Atari ST, and why?
2: Why is it the Atari ST? Yes. Oh, I can hear petrol being poured onto do our know what? subreddit. Do, the, the, the Amiga folk will be on there downvoting the Atari ST <laughs> ones. We wouldn't do that. Better fanboys. If you're not, oh, being, yeah. the horrible people, Amiga fans, horrible people. Some of them.
0: What was it you said, uh, Chris, before we started recording about this? If you're not being, that's a whole hour ago. Okay. Oh uh, yeah.
2: If you're not banned,
1: you're not trying hard
0: enough. <laughs> <laughs> if You're not banned. From the separate, you're not trying hard enough. Right. Well, we'll leave you to Stick it. Stick the boot in. <laughs> <Yeah>. Do it. <laughs> Good luck, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to watch and listen and take care. Bye bye. See you next week.
1: Bye. Bye. This Week in Retro was presented by Neil from RMC The Cave, Chris from 005 Aghima, and Dave. It was produced by me, Duncan Stiles. podcast version of the show is available through your favorite podcaster, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And the video version is available on the This Week in Retro YouTube channel. Join our community subreddit at r thisweekinretro to suggest and vote on the stories we cover on the show. If you watch This Week in Retro on YouTube, Please give us a like and subscribe to help us reach new
0: viewers. If you enjoy our show and would like to support it, then please check out the link to our Patreon page in the show notes or description. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time for more up-to-date news for out-of-date tech.